Welcome to the story behind her success with Candy O'Terry, presented by Boston Women in Media and Entertainment, sponsored by Tech Help Boston. Love is a battlefield. <laughs> All right, when you hear the words biotechnology and singing, you might say, what does one have to do with the other? The woman you are about to meet is living a life where her feet are firmly planted in both fields. For this exceptional woman, music is food for the soul. But she's also motivated by the amazing work done each and every day in healthcare and biotech. Her life story is a rich tapestry of experience, and I believe that her story will inspire you to try lots of things, to use your gifts and your talents in a variety of fields. Her name is Sheila Dorsey, and this is her story. Sheila, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me here today, Candy. Okay, there's just one thing I want to say, and we do have our video camera rolling. I need to have your hair to wear this shirt, <laughs> right? Your hair, this shirt. We couldn't have planned it better, right? <laughs> it's like a purpley fuchsia color. It's gorgeous, and so is my shirt. Okay, so let's start Thank with what you. I'm calling the lightning round so that our listeners will get to know you. I just want okay. your quick answer to these next few questions. Ready? Okay. Dunkin' or Starbucks? Starbucks. Morning person or night owl? Both. <laughs> Hot or cold weather? Hot. Beach, lake, city, mountains. Where do you go on a vacation? Beaches. Favorite song of the whole wide world? Favorite song in the whole wide world would have to be I Know by Bob Marley. One possession you will never part with. If I would have to say there was something about myself that I would definitely want to hold on to and never lose is my soul. There's a snapshot, and now we've got the rest of the story of Sheila Darcy. Okay, so you've been earning a living for over 10 years in healthcare systems management and yep. administration. Yep. Tell me about your job and the skills that your job requires. I've seen these caricatures on uh, Google and so forth, you know, of this person who's like this octopus, you know. Oh, really? <laughs> and I really think of myself that way, you know, and also juggling, you know, so many different roles at so many different times. I think that I have been fortunate to be in positions and to be in organizations that actually trust me to hold a number of different roles and wear a number of different hats and interact with different functional teams and and individuals at all different levels and from all different backgrounds. I know you got your start at Beth Israel, and you've yes. worked at some different biotech companies. So what are the names of them? Beth Israel, there was Mass Biologics, Xiofarm, Sage Therapeutics, Almost the Cure, the band that I'm part of there. Currently, I'm with Radius. I've done work at Shire, uh, Novartis. <laughs> wow, so the list goes Number on and on. You've had a lot of experience mm -hmm. in this field. What is it about that work that inspires you, motivates you, and makes you come back day after day? I think that sometimes we get bogged down so much in our actual activities at work that we sometimes forget that the overall goal and everything that we do ultimately ties into the organizational goal of either developing or creating medicines and devices that actually add quality and value to people's lives and better the lives of people who may be suffering from different indications and things like that. So, and in fact, medications that can save lives. Exactly, exactly. Or at least make your life easier and less painful. This is the goal. 
from the time that you were a little girl, singing has played a huge role in your life. Definitely. <laughs> what happens to you Definitely. when you sing? It's sort of like retreating into a whole different world. I'm really uh, transformed, I want to say, into this world where it's like my own little bubble. Rather than creating this bubble to keep people out, I've created this bubble that draws people in. <laughs> Take me back to the very first song you ever sang in front of someone. Oh, my goodness. Think 10 years old. On the steps of Boston City Hall, Christmas carols. And I think that my favorite Christmas carol was, uh, of course, Silent Night. But then there was also, Do You Hear What I Hear? Ah, do you hear what I hear? <laughs> I love that song. Said the night went to, to the, the little, little lamb. lamb. Yes. And do so, Do you hear what I, I hear? <laughs> Church singing. We learn a lot about singing from singing in church. We learn about stepping out and taking a solo. Mm -hmm. We learn about stepping back and being part of a group. Exactly. Tell me about your experience singing in church. The first word that comes to mind is freedom. Being free to just allow that, that sound to come out. And mm -hmm. like you said, we learn a lot when we start singing in church because it's more than just the singing. It's more than just the attention when you stand in front of a crowd. It's sharing a part of yourself from deep within. It's creating sort of that spiritual energy, that connective energy, and bringing people together. And in a sense, you really are telling your story. It may be a story that was written by someone else, but you, in your own version of that song, church is all about cover song over and over again, right? <laughs> Everyone yeah. keeps covering these famous songs or these favorite songs, but they do it in their own way with their own touch and their own energy. And they essentially share their story with you in singing that song. And then, of course, inject the faith piece as well, because mm -hmm. when you're on a stage and you're performing a song, mm -hmm. it's very different from being reverent and pouring some of your heart into the song based on your faith. And believing what you're singing. Yes. And, and helping other people to understand and encouraging other people to believe in what you are singing. You were a volunteer DJ. I can't wait to talk about this. <laughs> and the host of your own show, wait for it, everybody. It's called Cruising with the Stars with Miss Superstar. Tell me about that experience. So just as you said, it was a flip because, uh, you know, being a radio personality, we sort of all had our, our handles, if you will, our stage radio names. And mine was Superstar. And then it was Ms. Superstar. And producing this show, Cruising with the Stars, it was me sort of hanging up the headphones and hanging up the microphone and passing that on to someone else and giving them that hour or two to shine and share their talents and tell us about who they are and what inspires them. And I really did it because I think that it gives listeners a chance to actually connect with the person and understand where they're coming from in their music. And sometimes when you have that piece of it, you appreciate that work even more when you understand where it comes from. You know, I've always believed that in order to be a really good interviewer, you have to be a very good listener. Yes. What do you think about that? Absolutely. And I've been praised and given feedback by people over the years 
who have listened to my interviews. I remember I was actually surprised. One of the managers of the station, came, he came running in. You know, someone had called him on his phone and was giving him feedback. And they're like, I love to listen to her. It's like she's right there with the artist and she just brings it all to light. And so it really is about that person who you're interviewing. And that's why it was so intriguing for me to come in and interview with you because I'm like, wow, like this is someone who actually aligns with some of the the ideals and the thoughts and beliefs that I have about what radio and broadcasting is all about. You know, one of my favorite questions to ask any woman who is a singer Mm -hmm. is if they've ever heard themselves singing a song on the radio. Have you ever heard (laughs) your own music on the radio? I've done jingles and we actually got really creative and A lot of the guys, they were having famous artists do recordings for them and do intros and things like that, you know, for their shows where they would mix them in. Folks are coming down and I'm recording commercials for them and, you know, we're doing that. So I was hearing myself in the commercials on air, which was like, oh, wow, that's me, you know. (laughs) And then that sort of led to, hey, why don't we do some intros and outros for my show? That was kind of my real, I want to say, first experience with, like, recorded singing. Yes. Uh, where we did an intro and outro for Cruising with the Stars, and we actually did a cover of Smokey Robinson's Cruising. Oh, my <laughs> goodness. How fun is that? Can I tell you a funny story? So yes. the first time I ever heard myself singing a song on the radio was a duet that I did with Jim Brickman called mm-hmm. The Gift. And we released the song in 2004. Wow. The station that I was working on here in Boston for all those years, Magic 106.7, my mm-hmm. program director decided he was going to play the song. It was a Christmas song. <laughs> he told me what time it was going to come on the radio. Mm-hmm. And I can still remember driving home from the station that night. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm on fire. I'm like, I'm foot on the pedal. I'm trying <laughs> to get home because I decided I don't want to hear it in the car. Right. I want to hear it in my house. You have your all, I don't know what room I want to hear it in. Up. Wait, right. I need a glass of wine. Oh, hold on. I mean, it was crazy, right? Yeah. It's such a thrill for a singer to hear themselves sing a song on the radio. I so agree. you started recording songs. Tell me what it's like for you in the recording studio, because that's also a real skill, mm. isn't it? Yes. And sometimes I'm amazed by what comes out. My fiance and I, we actually uh, started our own record label last year in uh, the last quarter of 2018. Out of Hits Records. Yes. <laughs> so is I, he's actually, to me, he's, and you can say that I'm biased because obviously he's my fiance and we work together. But even before that, you know, it took some time for us to actually develop a, a personal relationship. So we came together professionally. And even then, I was really amazed at this person. Um I want to compare him to folks like Prince or James Brown, who actually they were so serious about their craft that they could actually play all the different instruments in order to be able to give instruction. And this is kind of how things tie in together with my professional world and my music world, because as a supervisor or manager at work, I believe that no matter how simple the task is, the manager or supervisor should have done that task or be able to do that task and know what it takes to do it in order to be able to supervise or mentor someone else. So Izai, he takes his craft really seriously. And when we're in the studio, he's the drums. He can be the keys. He's the acoustic guitar. He's the electric guitar. (laughs) He's, you know what I mean? He's the horns. He's He's, Quincy Jones. He's just so amazing. And so when you have someone like that with such a creative mind who works that way, 
when he's putting together a rhythm, it's amazing what it can instill in you and pull out of you. So sometimes we're sitting there and like something will just come out of me. And that's the idea for the song. And it's like, you know, and it's great. (laughs) You have a brand new single. I want to hear all about it. (laughs) So I've written lots of poems and I'm a person who historically has always kept a journal. But this was the first song. We released it April 19th of this year. It's called Is He, I-Z He, and it's a spin off of Izzy's or Izzy's name. So some people say Izzy, some people say Izzy. It's really Israel. And so we do like Izzy or Izzy for short. It was around that time when, you know, that love was all new and, <laughs> you know, how that is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we had finished a rehearsal session. And I was kind of waiting for him after rehearsal. And so I was just there and I was like, you know, bopping and thinking in my head. And this song just sort of came out, you know, is he, is he, is he gonna love me? You know, (laughs) I love that. That's got a good. That's what we call a good hook in in our business. Let's talk a little bit about your songwriting. Yes. Because I'm blessed to have been able to talk to people like Mariah Carey. Wow. And James Taylor and ask them all about how they write a song. Mm hmm. And Mariah told me that she had this purple journal that Mm -hmm. was in her sock drawer. (laughs) And when her mother thought she was doing her homework, she Mm -hmm. was writing in that purple journal. journal. And when she was broke living in Greenwich Village Mm -hmm. and someone offered her $5,000 for that journal. Wow. She said no. And those songs turned out to be the first five number one songs of her career. Wow. When you write a song, do you dictate it into your phone? Do you write it down? You said you write poems, pieces of paper. How does it work for you? Either I'm listening to a rhythm that Izai has done, and he's like, hey, you know, write something to this. And I'm listening to it, and it comes to me. And I don't really write it down. I just sort of sing and just let it sort of come to me, and it develops itself. Once I sort of get it to where I want all the pieces, then I'll be serious about it and really think about the arrangement and sort of write it down. And he helps out a lot with that, putting the right pieces in place and sort of giving me feedback. I really just sort of let it flow now. (laughs) I don't really try to write it first and then try to fit it into something. Everything else fits around it. (laughs) That's interesting. Yeah. Recording a song in a studio is very different from live performance. Absolutely. You have to create that connection Mm -hmm. with the audience. Mm -hmm. Tell me how that works for you. Please support our sponsors. They make this show possible. More than 30,000 families and businesses have trusted TechHelpBoston.com since the year 2000. Dave Elmazian, president of TechHelpBoston, with the reasons why. We like to establish a relationship with our customers, and the best way to do that is see them in their natural setting, so to speak, and that's in their home. We come to you, we work with you on your equipment in a setting that's comfortable for you, and also we can test better that way, because if you have a printing problem or whatever, and we bring it to a shop, it may work great in the shop, but might not work in your home. So this way we know for sure everything is working the way that it should. TechHelpBoston.com. Their experts will come to your home or office to fix your computer same day, next day, and weekends, too. Visit TechHelpBoston.com. That's TechHelpBoston.com. I try to do the same thing that I do in the studio when I'm recording, that it's never really a different feeling for me. So even when I'm in the studio, when I'm voicing that song, in my mind, the audience is there. 
You know, I'm already connecting with this audience. And when you think about it, even as you and I are discussing and talking right now, we're throwing out a vibe. We're throwing out some energy into the air, into the universe, right? When I'm in the studio and I'm actually voicing a song and recording it, I'm already in that mode that I'm actually sharing this with an audience and just sort of letting that energy go out into the universe. Who has been your role model as a singer? Definitely Shaka Khan, Aretha Franklin, Gladys Knight, Diana Ross, Whitney Houston, of course, Alicia Keys. I can go on and on. (laughs) These are just iconic women. As a DJ, I just have had so much access to so much music and it's so funny because I was a child who, uh, who grew up in a household where one day my father just brought home an entire jukebox. I think there was a club or uh, a local bar that was going out of business or something, and he just brought home this entire jukebox full of, like, these little 45 records. And my sisters and I, at the time, we were using it like, you know, we thought it was like a, a fun toy. <laughs> but that actually brought us into that whole world of listening to so many different works of, of art and music from different artists and different backgrounds. It was a real music machine. It was, a, it was actually a real music machine. Yes. You know, it's funny that you should start talking about a moment like that where your dad brings this thing home and you just <laughs> fall in love with it. I believe that we are all influenced tremendously, mm-hmm. Sheila, by our upbringing. Can you share a little bit about your childhood? Well, I would say that music was definitely in the forefront. I remember it being a go-to for my grandparents, my parents. It was a a soul soother, if you will. It was something that it either calmed everyone or if we needed to bring up the energy a little bit around here, you know what I'm saying, and, and wake everybody up. It didn't matter really what it was. It just seemed like there was always a place for music in our household. Even when I was in elementary school, I was already singing in the chorus or the choir elementary school, middle school, high school, church, community centers, any chorus, choir, any singing group that I could join, I was right there. You never met a microphone you didn't love. That's right. That's one of my favorite favorite expressions. (laughs) It wasn't long before your colleagues in biotech discovered Mm -hmm. that you could sing. Yeah. And it turns out you're not the only one Mm -hmm. who has a love for music and for performance in biotech. You know, who knew the scientists down the hall in the white room could play guitar like nobody's business, right? It's amazing. So you are now part of a band which is called Almost a Cure. Mm -hmm. Paint me a picture of the band, your style, your set list, whatever you want to tell me about it. Our foundation is totally rock, hard rock, if you will. But we are very eclectic. We've done things from Jimi Hendrix to Van Morrison. We are a broad spectrum. We aren't afraid of any kind of material, but we are foundationally and generally hard, hard rock. (laughs) Tell me some of the songs that you love to sing with Almost the Cure. We do uh, a lot of Zeppelin. We've done some Rolling Stones. I have to be careful because I don't want to give away anything for uh, the Battle of the Biotech (laughs) band that's coming up (laughs) later on this month. One of my favorite tunes that we've done is Peace of My Heart by Janis Joplin. I think that that has sort of become uh, one of the staple songs for me with Almost the Cure. I think it blows people away because there are actually two lead vocalists, myself and Blair Meadows. People would almost think that Blair would be leading that song. So it shocks people that I'm the one doing the Janis Joplin (laughs) Peace of My Heart. 
Frank Salatoro, who's the one who put the band together, I think he really likes to play that song. So sometimes our favorite songs <laughs> become the ones that Frank plays the best, too. Well, you know, you just mentioned the Battle of the Biotech Bands. Mm-hmm. Now, this is a tradition here in Boston. It has been for years and years. And Almost a Cure is going to participate in this. Each band shows up, performs a handful of songs, and the winner gets a cachet of money that is donated to their favorite cause. Yes. Let's talk about the cause that Almost a Cure is performing for. We are performing for Joseph's Hope Scholarship Foundation. It's under the Epilepsy Foundation of New England. It was a foundation that was started by Frank Salaturo and his wife, Vicki, in honor of their son, who actually had a battle with epilepsy. And unfortunately, he passed away. And it was, I think, during a time when, obviously, we're still trying to do better in terms of finding therapies and medicines for folks who suffer with epilepsy. But during that time, I think it was Definitely not where we are today. The research wasn't so the, where it is today. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. this is something near and dear to Frank and Vicky's heart. I was honored to be invited to join the band. And even when I made the decision to leave Sage Therapeutics, they've collected this group of Sage alumni. <laughs> I like to say that they almost did it just for me so that they could continue to have us be part of it was Sage Against the Machine. And now it's almost The Cure, which is a spinoff of The Cure. and than we are in bioscience. And so we're saying almost the cure because music is only half the battle, right? We still need people to get involved. We still need people to support in all the different ways, whether it be some sort of sponsorship, whether it's the work that they do on a daily basis when they go into their different organizations and things like that, the salespeople who are out there trying to get this medicine out to healthcare professionals and actually get it into the hands and into the realms of the patients that can benefit. Well, the event, as we said, is called Battle of the Biotech Bands, and it's on May 30th. It's at a place called Club Royale here in Boston, and we'll certainly be posting all about it when you are uh, in the spotlight for our series, The Story Behind Her Success. (laughs) I remember interviewing Mary Wilson of the Supremes. Wow. And she said, when I was a little girl, I was always humming around the house. (laughs) Tell me a little bit about when you were growing up and what kind of songs you were humming around the house. We actually had what we called our playroom. My idea was to take all of my stuffed animals and I basically lined them up. The ones on the floor were the sopranos, the one in the actual seat of the couch were my altos, and then the ones who kind of sat up on the back, those were my tenors, right, (laughs) and my basses. And I would stand there like I was conducting a choir. As I was singing along, we always had something that we could play music on, whether it was the radio or cassette or CD or whatever it was. So I'm singing all these songs to myself. And it was a lot of things like Motown, like uh, Marvin Gaye and Tammy Terrell, The Temptations, The Four Tops, Gladys Knight and the Pips. And it's like I'm directing my teddies (laughs) to sing, you know what I mean, and all the different voices and stuff like that. It was kind of fun as a kid exploring medicine I love that, that story. Way. That was a great story. <laughs> when an obstacle is in your path, mm-hmm. how do you get around it? Lots of thought, lots of observation. I'm a very analytical person. When I feel like I'm presented with a roadblock, I analyze whatever the situation is. and I come up with how am I going to resolve this or 
what's the solution or what are the steps I need to take to get this over with? And I literally, once I have that list in my head, I literally just knock off. I did this. This is done. That's done. This is done. Almost there. Yep. Done. Complete. I have my 16 life lessons in front of you. (laughs) I want you to take a good look at those 16 life lessons. Take a minute and tell me which one really reaches out to you. Well, this first one is amazing. Wake up grateful, which can be very difficult for many people to do. I actually force myself to do this. Anytime I start to fall into that wrong sort of thinking, I'm like, well, you know, I did wake up. I am alive. I'm in my right mind. I'm healthy. Even if you've got a little cold or the sniffles, you're still healthy. You can still get up and move around. Once you have that, once you have life and breath, the rest of it, the possibilities are endless. Your story is all about using your many gifts and talents. What is the moral then of your story so far? I would say the moral of my story is that I've actually been able to connect people through my music, whether they realize it or not. And from all different backgrounds, from all different aspects of my life, be it bioscience, be it my personal life, anything recreational, I've actually been able to connect a lot of the dots through music. Music has really been a foundation in all of that. Success means different things to different people. In this chapter of your life right now, Mm -hmm. how do you define success? What does it mean to you? Success actually means what I'm doing right now. Everything that I, quote unquote, played at as a child, when I think about and look at my life right now, I'm amazed that I actually am doing it. And so it goes back to what you said earlier, that you believe that our lives are very dependent on our upbringing and the environments that we grew up in. And that's so true. And I think that my parents provided an environment for me where they wanted us to have different options and see different things, to figure out what you want to do or not. And I just ended up doing all of them. (laughs) What do you say to a woman who's listening to our program somewhere around the world who has a dream, Mm -hmm. who has a wish, who has a talent she hasn't started using. I was listening to something the other day, and it really struck a chord for me. It was Mary J. Blige, and she was talking about a conversation that she was having with Shaka Khan, actually. So she said that Shaka Khan had said to her, you know, you're a great artist, you're wonderful, but you need to learn how to get out of your own way. And what it meant was, stop doubting yourself there's something that you want to do, then do it. Jump in with both feet. Don't be afraid. Don't let your fears stop you from pursuing your dreams and your goals. I want to say thank you so much for sharing your story, (laughs) which is so inspiring. Thank you. And I wish you all the best. Thank you so much for being on the story behind her success, Sheila Dorsey. Thank you, Candy. Thank you for the opportunity. Thanks for listening to the story behind her success with Candy O'Terry. This is a series with one goal in mind, to shine the spotlight on women doing great things with their lives. We hope these weekly stories will motivate and inspire you. If you'd like to suggest someone for Candy to interview, she'd love to hear about it. 
Connect with her anytime on Facebook, Twitter, and her website, candyoterry.com. That's C-A-N-D-Y-O-T-E-R-R-Y.com. You'll find all of these links in the show notes. What's your story?